Welcome to a daily word of encouragement with Celebration Church in Thomasville, Georgia. We believe that the Bible is God's word to all people. We love God, we love each other, and we are changing our world one relationship at a time. We want to help you know and love God's word. Join Pastor Jimmy Bryson each day as we discover how to seek God and live our lives encouraged by his word. I really hope you're continuing to pray with me from Psalm chapter 85, verse number six. Will you not revive us again that your people might rejoice in you? (coughs) That's been the cry of my heart for several weeks now. And I know it's been the cry of many of your hearts for several weeks now as you communicate that with me. And so the last two weeks, we've been looking at Uh, symptoms that are present in a person's life if that person needs to be revived. Remember, dead people need resurrection. Living people need reviving. So we're not talking about getting saved. We're not talking about becoming born again. We're not talking about becoming a Christian. We're talking about those of us who have already been saved We have been born again. We are Christians, but we remember a time in our lives when we seem to be walking more in the abundant life, as Jesus detailed in John chapter 10, than we have been recently. We realize that maybe we've been living a substandard Christianity. So we have looked at seven symptoms of a person that needs to be revived. Very briefly, They are lukewarm in our passion for Christ. Number two, lethargic in praying. Three, negligent in the word. Four, compromising the truth, which is the word of God. Five, complacent in serving. Six, unfaithful in giving. Seven, apathetic in gathering. And the final one that we'll talk about for a couple minutes today is indifferent to the lost. And what I found is that if a person will really focus on number one, becoming hot, zealous for the Lord, no longer lukewarm, seems like the other seven tend to take care of themselves. So we've look briefly at these symptoms (coughs) and identified which ones of those affect us, affect me, affect you. And um, I'm going to take a deep breath here because I'm I'm probably going to get trouble for saying this. I believe the one we're talking about today is a telltale sign that a person or the church needs to be revived. I hear people ask this question from time to time. Well, why isn't the church growing? Or maybe you're asking yourself, why isn't my church growing? Maybe you're part of the celebration family. Why aren't we growing more more than we should? Or another church around town or the nation. Why aren't we growing? And then we begin to look at other people. We begin to look at our programs. We begin to look at our leadership and our structure. And we begin to pick apart all the areas that we're uh, failing in. And yet, I submit something to you. I submit if your church is not growing, and if my church, I don't mean it's like my church, but the church I'm part of, 
If we're not growing, then we have become indifferent to the lost. Unfortunately, most churches in America today, most that are growing, are growing by transfer of membership. That, that's a fact. Most churches, not all, most churches that are growing are growing by what I call swapping sheep. A family is a member of one church, and then they something happens, they go to another church, and the other church is so glad to receive them, and they say, we are growing. Really, are you growing? You're taking on more people, but are we preaching the gospel to the lost? I'm saying we. I'm not casting stones at anybody. I'm talking about Jimmy, Celebration, the Church of Thomasville, and the Church of America, starting with me. So I believe the telltale sign of a person that needs to be revived is that person or those people have become indifferent to the lost. Let me remind you just briefly, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, an angel comes to Joseph and Joseph's uh, girlfriend was pregnant. And he said that uh, she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation, for he shall save his people from their sins. So before Jesus was ever born, the angel said, Jesus is going to come and save his people from their sins. And then John chapter one, verse 11, he came into his own, but his own received him not. Verse 12, but as many as did receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So Jesus came to save. Jesus came that we might believe on him and that we might become children of God. You know, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 17, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And listen to verse 18, whoever believes in him is not judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. So whoever does not believe on Jesus Christ has already been judged. The question is, how can they believe that there's no preacher? Is what Romans chapter 10 asks. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, how can people believe if no one is preaching or teaching the word of God? We looked last week at Mark chapter 10, verse 45, where Jesus said, even the son of man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom. So Jesus said, I came to give my life a ransom. Luke chapter 19, Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save that which was lost, to give his life a ransom. Then John nineteen thirty on the cross, just before he died, Jesus said, it is finished. That means the payment has been completed. It is finished. And then he died. Three days later, he rose again. Hallelujah. He walked on planet earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and then he ascended back to heaven. Mark chapter 16, just before he ascended, Jesus said to his followers, preach the gospel to every creature. Preach means to herald, means to proclaim. It doesn't necessarily mean getting behind a pulpit or a table pounding your fist and expounding upon the scripture on a Sunday morning. It means to herald or to proclaim the gospel, which is the good news. And listen, he's saying that to every believer. So my responsibility is to preach the gospel. Let me ask you a question. Are you preaching the gospel? I don't mean, are you encouraging people? I don't mean, are you doing good deeds? I don't mean, are you doing 
servant evangelism, are you proclaiming the gospel to people that are lost? Then Matthew 28, it's the uh, Matthew's version of what Mark recorded in Mark 16. Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority, (coughs) excuse me, has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Stop. So Jesus said part of the discipling process to making and developing disciples is to teach disciples of people to do everything that Jesus commanded. Tell me you heard that. If you're looking at your Bible, tell me you see that. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, as we disciple people, tell them to obey, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Watch this. And he just commanded them to preach the gospel to every creature. So I believe that the church in America and your church and the church I'm part of, if we are not actively growing and expanding, it's because we've become indifferent to the lost and we are no longer proclaiming the good news to the very people Jesus came to die for. Hey, I hope you're encouraged, not discouraged. How do you learn to pray? Pray. How do you learn to give? Give. How do you learn to read your Bible? Start reading your Bible. How do you preach? Just preach. Proclaim the good news of Jesus.